how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Writer-director Mike Gann was born in Beijing, China before moving to the United States. With two working immigrant parents, Gann spent much of his time in the movie theater to stay out of trouble. Now he's known for No Evil, Into the Dark, and the new thriller, Burn. Burn stars Josh Hutcherson and Suki Waterhouse. According to IMDb, the description reads, When a gas station is held at gunpoint by a desperate man in need of cash, a lonely and unstable gas station attendant, tired of being overshadowed by her other co-worker, finds an opportunity to make a connection with the robber. In this interview, Gann discusses when he realized he wanted to make films, his love for 90s movies, how to recognize the filmmaker in a movie, why he loves to make grounded or flawed characters, the greatness behind restrictions, and how a random article inspired the psychology behind the plot of Burn. If you enjoyed this interview, make sure to also check out our YouTube series, also called Creative Principles. I, always, uh, I grew up watching movies a lot. I mean, I was an only child, um, and, you know, my family was just my mom and I, my mom and dad and I, and um, spent a lot of time growing up just um, hanging out in theaters and watching practically every movie of the 90s in theaters over and over. Um, and uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do in high school. I was not a good student in any way. Um, but um, as soon as I graduated, uh, I was working at a record store. And I, I remember someone turning in an application to work at a Virgin Megastore. And I peeked at it, and it said that they were majoring in film. <laughs> and it was one of those weird moments in which I was like, that's what I also want to do. Why am I not doing that? Um, and so in my first year of junior college, I decided I want to make movies. And so I uh, studied hard, um, got into USC film school, and uh, been trying to make movies since then. What do you think kind of stops a lot of people from going down that route? Is it kind of a, a lack of knowledge? Do they Are they too far away from it? Like you, A lot of people, like your story, they'll say they met someone who does it or, or something made it real for them. Do you find that as well with people who are kind of scared to take that step towards filmmaking? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think back on it now, and it might have just been complete naivety and... I mean, I probably didn't know better not to try to do film. Um, but, you know, I, I was always a very obsessive kid. Um, and a lot of what I was obsessed with was not schoolwork. And so you sort of think that interests are, are not valid. Um, and I think it was just that moment where I felt like my interest in filmmaking was valid. 
um, especially being, you know, Chinese American, like that's, that's a really hard thing, but luckily my parents were very supportive, um, which is still a blessing and crazy to me. But, um, you know, I think, I think a lot of factors, um, you know, once you just decide to do it, then you sort of don't think about how realistic it is anymore. You just go to school, you start making movies, you start doing what you need to do. I think the hardest part is, I think deciding that, you know, I love movies and I'm going to do this for a living um, is the toughest part. Um, but, you know, like I said, like once I did it, it was great. And yeah, I mean, also living, I grew up um, a lot in Anaheim, which was not that far from LA. So it wasn't so out of reach in my mind, but definitely when I started to go to USC, it was kind of a culture shock because, you know, I didn't know anything about the film industry. My parents didn't either, but um, yeah, that's how it started. So the, the, you mentioned the 90s. The 90s were huge for like a lot of uh, first-time writer-directors who, who wore both hats, the writer and the director. What kind of uh, inspired you to go down that route as well to where you're writing and directing your own works? You know, that's an interesting question. I think I did grow up, um, you know, I mean, I, I remember when I was younger watching Kevin Smith and uh, as I got older, you know, Tarantino and P.T. Anderson and uh, Wes Anderson. And, you know, those movies always made an impression on me, um, especially David Fincher, too, who doesn't write his own scripts, but, you know, very much an auteur himself. And um, those movies really resonated with me. And I started to realize, like, I recognize the actual filmmakers and not just the movies. You know, and then as you get older, you, you start to, you know, study films and realize how it, you know, it seems to be, these are the people that really uh, make movies that uh, are very iconic and memorable. But, you know, for me, I, I was very much a writer um, in high school, just uh, all, I mean, every type of writing. I love writing and I love photography <laughs> and I love watching movies. So I don't know why it took me so long to realize oh, all that combined is filmmaking um, and so they're all, for me, part of the same thing. Um, you know, I didn't know how to separate them. So, um, yeah, I mean, going forward, I still feel like even, even if I, I just did a school, I just did school spirit, which was a Blumhouse Hulu, um, feature and I came on to rewrite some of it and, you know, so I'm not technically the writer of that, but even then it was like, you know, all sort of the same storytelling process. Did you naturally work towards a specific genre, or is it more about character? What kind of led you into the work that you've, you've come out with recently? I think I'm very much a character-based uh, storyteller, and I feel like it could be in almost any genre. I, I gravitate more towards thrillers and horror and science fiction because I think just adding that extra layer of plot and, um, you know, sort of the... Uh, sort of the, 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 I don't want to say devices, but, you know, like the different elements of genre, um, mixing that with characters and drama, um, it's, it's a much more interesting puzzle for me to try to solve. Um, I don't like it. I mean, I'm not so interested in telling very literal movies. I like making allegories and, you know, I, more than anything, I just like making very human and grounded characters and putting them in, insane situations. Uh, I mean, I think I grew up watching Coen brothers and they do a good job of that. And, 
Um, I was very inspired by movies like Fargo and No Country for Old Men. It, it's great to see, like, sort of flawed characters in very extraordinary situations and seeing how they play out. So you've mentioned a lot of uh, great directors. Um, when I saw the trailer for Burn, it kind of reminded me if you're trying to write something a little more low budget, like Kevin Smith did with Clerks, where he wrote where he could film the whole thing at night, you know, in this little convenience store, was that kind of a similar idea? Uh, what were some of your original ideas for writing Burn? Yeah, I mean, I, I long time ago, I read a very short and unmemorable article that happened in some other country, and basically it was just the a person who was getting robbed eventually turned the tables, and I found it so fascinating that the, that um, dynamic of going from victim to attacker and sort of the psychological arc that plays into both parts of that. Um, but I, you know, I, I, and I, and I wrote a treatment for that, um, just using that as a, as a, as a character arc. Um, but I wrote this treatment and put it away and, you know, I was, it's not easy to make a first feature. You got to like make some short movies and figure out a lot of other stuff. So, um, I made a short film and eventually got to a manager, uh, who was my, who produced this movie, Suki Chu and, uh, she read the treatment. She loved it. And, you know, a lot of first-time filmmakers, I mean, something that was hard for me to learn was that, you know, like no one's going to give, well, I mean, very rarely do they give you a lot of money um, for your first feature. You sort of have to show that you can tell an interesting story um, without a lot of hoopla and, you know, money and um, time and all that stuff. So, um you know, so, so I, I do like restrictions. I like trying to figure out interesting stories given uh, restrictions. And so, you know, you know, when I wrote the whole thing, I, I mean, even before I was going to get into production, I thought it'd be interesting to tell an entire life-changing night. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think I ever really focused on the idea that it was one location because in my mind, it's not really one location. <laughs> uh, I mean, so much happens to the characters and it just feels like, you know, it feels like a whole universe in there, um, given how, how many things happen to the characters. In terms of plot or character arc, like how much did the script change over time from that original treatment to when you actually got, you know, in the director's chair? Not too much. The first 30 minutes, I think, um, changed the most. Uh, and in the tone of it, you know, I mean, and, and the, cool, the cool thing is, is, like, when you rent a movie, you have an idea, but you can't really stay too locked into it, and um, it's important to cast and, you know, once you give the characters to the actors um, to embrace it and to see where their um, sensibilities, you know, shine and, and what new things come out, and I think the film got a lot of in a great way, like quirkier and weirder and funnier. Um, and that was a lot more unexpected than I originally, you know, I mean, it, it's some, some pretty crazy stuff happens that night that aren't very funny on paper, but you know, when you start shooting and you start seeing the actors bringing them to life, there, there are more dark and comical moments than I anticipated. And, um, when that happened, you know, we adjusted and, sort of lean into that a little more. And I think it really helped lighten the tone of the movie. What are some of the, the major difficulties in shooting at mostly in one location like this that maybe you didn't expect? Well, for us, we shot in upstate New York in February. 
and we had a 15-day shoot with 12 overnights. Um, I mean, I didn't anticipate that. No one does when you're writing a movie. And there was a blizzard that basically shut our production down in the middle of it as well. That was definitely the biggest challenge. And in um, and, and just realizing, like, logistical things with wardrobe really um, affect things. I mean, you know, when someone is, like, going into the store and they're working and they come out casually, like, they're not going to put on a big parka story-wise. Like, it just doesn't really make sense. But <laughs> our actor on that night, uh, Tilda Coffin Hervey, I mean, she had to do a lot of exterior night scenes, and uh, it was, like, zero degrees, um, wearing hardly any, you know, layers. So, I mean, th- those are, like, the main challenges of that one location. But um, other than that, I thought it was a blessing. I mean, I, I, it was just we were – everything was there. We were able to shoot – um, out of sequence and and sort of take it and be more efficient just because everything was there. And if we needed a pickup shot or if we had another actor come in, we can grab, you know, it was all right there. It wasn't like we left the location and then we were screwed and we can go back. So what were some, I've, I've talked to a lot of um, uh, newcomer directors and there, there's pretty much, there's a big difference between making a short and making a full feature. What were some of the challenges uh, that you kind of noticed or differences in making something? It's like it's not just a longer version. There's a lot more to it than that. I mean, to be honest, something that I never anticipated was how much um, you have to balance and be responsible for outside of shooting. Um, you know, when, when I was making short films, you know, I was like the producer and, you know, it was, I was paying for the movie and, And suddenly when you're working um, and the movie is bigger than me, even though I wrote and directed it, you know, you have financiers, you have producers, you have name actors that have a lot of things going on. Um, Those were actually the biggest learning um, moments, teaching moments for me. Um, I mean, to be honest, like directing, you know, you're just so focused on it that it felt natural and it somehow was the easiest part of the whole process. Um, But you know, the before and the after, um, which not a lot of people talk about. I mean, those are the hardest parts because it's not just me making a passion project anymore. Um, there's a lot more things going on. Did you like seek out anyone that you knew or do you have any friends in the industry that you got advice from about dealing with those unexpected issues? You know, I actually didn't. I mean, in my circle of friends, uh, I was fortunate to be one of the early people to make their first time feature. And, you know, a lot of them, a lot of experiences are very different, but, um, you know, I had, I had the, the, uh, the luxury, um, and the circumstance to have my manager also be a producer on the movie. And, you know, she wore the hats very well, but there's a lot of times in which, uh, she just had to be my manager and sort of my mentor and teach me and let me know she's done this process many times. Like this is how it's going to be. Don't freak out here. This is normal. What's normal. What's not. Um, and so, I mean, it, it was still tough because, you know, like I said, it's like when you, the jump to making feature films, to being a professional, to working with a $1.2 million budget, you know, versus my own bank account. I mean, it was, it was a lot. Um, yeah, it was a lot. But I mean, like I said, I mean, having somebody there that was hands on with me and uh, giving me advice in real time really helped <laughs> the whole process. 
What do you mainly look for when you are creating uh, your, your shorts? I see uh, No Evil and also Class Assignment. Was that mainly to showcase your style? Was it more about the story? What, what was your kind of main objective with those shorts? Well, when I made No Evil, it was the first short that I made since film school. I mean, it had almost been like nine years since I made a short film. Um, I mean, I was working on my own stuff and teaching myself how to work on a feature level. But, um, yeah, we shot that uh, with my girlfriend uh, in our apartment. And we just wanted to make a movie and sort of execute the scenes that I've been, you know, studying, prepping for and executing it. Um, but overall, my main goal was to get a manager. I mean, I realized, you know, this is the process and lucky enough, like I, I made a short, it got, I got some eyes on it. And, you know, I met my manager through that short film class assignment was different class assignment. At that time, I already had, um, burn, uh, in the works. Um, and I wanted to learn how to work with actors. And so during that year, I, I took some acting classes and, um, the motivation for that was just to practice getting comfortable working with actors. And it was written very specifically to be very challenging to direct uh, in terms of performance. And uh, I'm glad I did it. I mean, it, it, it completely helped. So very different reasons for those two. How did you, um, for No Evil again, just because this is a lot of our listeners are into that kind of, you know, trying to make the first steps in the industry. Did you submit to, um, just submit it to managers or did you actually go to film festivals? What were kind of those, some of those logistics? Um, you know, I submitted to film festivals and we were lucky enough to world premiere at the Palm Springs Short Fest. Uh, so that, that was that was cool. And I mean, it was a 19 minute short film. Um, and so in my mind, I was, I knew that that would be a challenge to get into a lot of festivals, uh, being so long. But like I said, I wanted to work at the pace of feature films. And so I wanted to make something that sort of emulated that pace and that narrative pace. But it's one of those weird stories where like I was playing basketball in Santa Monica with a group of guys that <laughs> I've um, gotten to know. And many of them are entrepreneurs and, you know, n not many of them work in the film industry. And uh, one of the guys that I play ball with, his name is Steve Tomlin. He, um, he was like, yeah, I'm going to send it to my manager. And uh, he liked to film me. He's going to send it to my manager. And, you know, you hear that a lot from people. And you're like, oh, sure. Like, thanks. You're just saying it to be nice or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it was one of those times I was like, oh, yeah, I'll send it to my manager and see what she says. I was like, great. And then, you know, three months passed by. Um, I didn't think about it. And suddenly I got a call from this person and it ended up being Suki Chu and she met me. And, um, you know, what was the funniest thing was I was like, Oh, managers, you know, great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, this is all going to work out. And when I met her, it was really great. She was like, cool. You made a short movie. Great. Like a lot of people do. So what else do you have? And I was like, well, nothing. I mean, I don't know. Uh, and, 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 and she was like, all right, well, I need to write a feature. I mean, this is what happened. She was just like, look, I need, I need a feature script. Uh, otherwise, I don't know what to do with you because a lot of people make short movies. It's a very different process to make a feature. So that's when I, like, you know, wrote, wrote Burn, basically. Um, I wrote that in two months, and I was like, here. And in my mind, I still didn't think I was going to get it made. I was just like, here, can I, can you, will you manage me now? Did I prove myself to you? But um, she liked it. And she's like, hey, I think I want to, like, help put this whole thing together and make it. So, But that's, that's sort of been the – that was, like, the process with it. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, I will say, like, I mean, making short movies, I, I you know, I, I really think it's good to have a purpose and a goal in mind with it. Um, I mean, everyone wants to make good movies, but, you know, it's like I knew I wanted to tell narrative features. And that's a very different type of movie than, um, you know, like a five-minute short film sometimes. So, yeah. Thank you for tuning into the show. If this is your first time listening, please log on to iTunes or SoundCloud and give us a rating. Providing a rating or sharing content is one of the best ways to help the series grow. Make sure to also follow or like us on your favorite platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or the new YouTube series we've started. And check for daily updates over at creativeprinciples.live.